Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, episode six. Uh, no, wait, this is seven, isn't it? Seven, seven. This is episode seven. Oh, uh, yeah, 15 minutes long because uh, you're in a hurry. And we're phoning it in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. We're talking villains. All right, I'm going to hit you first, Howard. What makes a villain a good villain? Um, You know what? A good villain needs to be uh, understandable, needs to have something in common with the the reader. Okay. Um, I was at Linicon uh, in 2004, and people ask me, so who's the character in Schlock Mercenary that you most identify with? And I said, yeah, it's probably going to terrify you, but it's General Zinchub. Yeah. Because, you know what, I've been in middle management, and, <laughs> and I was building this villain out of the sorts of compromises that middle managers like myself have to make all the time. Okay. And I hear again and again and again from readers, they, they loved... They loved how awful Zinchub was, but it wasn't that they were loving how awful he was. It was that they were loving that they understood him or thought they did. So, Dan, what makes a good villain? Well, I was going to say what makes a good villain is that a villain like the hero also has flaws, but I don't know if that's true in every case. I, I think we can point to a lot of heroes who are uh, non-sympathetic, uh, who are irredeemably evil, who are still excellent villains uh, mm-hmm. despite that. So... Um, I'm pretty sure that irredeemably evil qualifies as a flaw. <laughs> well, we're in yeah. bizarro villain world where flaws are good things. and Yeah, well, we said flaws are good for the heroes. Um, I would say that um, what makes a good villain is someone who can best exploit the heroes in some way. Um, I'm looking at completely from a narrative structure. Uh, a good villain is someone who, because of this villain, it, life is tougher for the people that we like. Um, now, you've brought up something, Dan, that, that let, let's talk about this because it's kind of a, a parallel to what we talked about with heroes. There are, there's a continuum of, of villains. There's the understandable everyman villain, if you would, and there's the Superman villain. Sauron is a good example of a Superman villain. Um, he is all powerfully evil. Well, not all powerfully, but as evil mm-hmm. as, as can be conceived, that is Sauron. Whereas in that same story, um, and I like going back to Grandpa Tolkien, both because he did a great job with um, this, what he did, and because so many people are familiar with the stories. But we also have Gollum, who is an everyman hero. Um, so what's the difference? What's the different parts they play in the story? And what do you gain by using a Superman villain? What do you gain by using an everyman villain? Your Superman villain, uh, to, going back to Lord of the Rings, uh, Sauron is just, Sauron is a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Sauron isn't really a villain, per se. He's, he's a, uh, I, I'm getting redundant, he's yeah. a force of nature. Right. He's just uh, pure evil. Gollum yeah. is interesting, and mm-hmm. I think that's a weakness in the Lord of the Rings story, is that Sauron is not interesting. Um, I don't think, have a story for I think him. the struggle against all-powerful evil, however, is something that's inside of us. Um, it's, it's part of the Judeo-Christian mythology. Um, it's part of what we believe. Satan is an all-powerful evil. And so I think that gives it rela- relatability. 
it is relatable in that regard, but Satan isn't an especially interesting character in the in, in the right. biblical text. Right. Um, so I guess if you're creating, if you're trying to create an interesting conflict for your characters, mm -hmm. the fight against all powerful evil is a good choice. But if Doesn't you're trying to create an interesting villain, oh, villain distinction. then Gollum. Or I think the most interesting villain in the Lord of the Rings movies yeah. was uh, Denethor. Den okay. Denethor. Den yeah, Denethor. Uh -huh. Denethor. Oh, he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. He was wonderful. Everyone, you know, understands what it is to have an oppressive father. Or we may not have had him ourselves, but it's a relatable conflict. You know, there's the fear that your father loves one son more than the other, and that you're the bad son. Jordo and I go back and forth: who's the good son and who's the <laughs> who's the bad son. Um, anything to add on this, Dan? What do you gain by having a um, an all-powerful evil? What do you lose? By having an all-powerful evil? Yeah. Um, you gain excellent obstacles for your, uh, for your people to overcome um, and excellent channels to, to put them through. Um, if Sauron had been less of a military force, then... They, the, then the Fellowship of the Ring would have had a huge army. It would have been the story of an army marching to the volcano to fight their way in and toss in the ring. But because Sauron was an all-powerful military force, they had to sneak in. Uh, Tolkien was able to push them through certain channels and push them through certain directions that made the story more convoluted, um, mm -hmm. that allowed them to run into more interesting characters. Um, and so you, you have that. Uh, what do you lose? Well, you lose that personal connection. Mm -hmm. um, Sauron was a very powerful military force, but we never saw him. He just had people who answered to him. He was a very pow powerful corrupting force, and yeah. though we met many people who were corrupted by him, we never met him. You lose the, uh, the, the possibility of the story being about the redemption of the villain. Mm -hmm. In the Star Wars films, uh, Vader, in the, in the original Star Wars yeah. film, Vader is essentially your all-powerful. Right. I mean, he is kind of personal, but we don't see a whole lot of his character. But by the third movie, we are seeing pieces of his character, mm -hmm. and he actually becomes very interesting. Um, yeah. And then we go back to the first three films, and he turns into the whiny farm boy. And, right. And, <laughs> and that can, <laughs> that's a can of worms of its own. Um, all right. So let's talk about sympathetic, uh, relatable villains then. How do you make them work? Um, how do you give them... It, so could you say that for the sympathetic, that for the villains that sympathetic, their quote-unquote flaws are actually their good attributes? The things that keep them from being a really bad villain are the things would also, which also make them relatable? I, I'm stumbling over the metaphorical yeah. double negative. So, okay, <laughs> Let, let's, let's look at an, an example here. Um, I, I had a character in, in one of my books who was, uh, the pitch for, in my mind was the evil missionary, right? He was converting people for the wrong reasons. Um, he was sent to, to destroy, to, to gain the allegiance of an entire kingdom. Uh, when I was building him, I thought building into him flaws for, flaws would mean his place in the plot as a villain. What would make him in his mind, less good of a villain were his sense of compassion um, in this case. Giving him the flaw of a sense of compassion made him unable to be as evil as the story okay. was trying to demand him to be. And it allowed me to give him a redemption story. Um, and so that, that's just me trying to twist it on, his head, on its head. It may be too convoluted, but how do you do this? How do you make a, a, a villain that people will like and yet can still be a villain? I 
write a hero whose goals are running contrary to what the villain the, wants. The protagonist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I, I think I think from the perspective of the villain, and yeah. the villain thinks he's the hero. Okay. The oh, best villain, the best villain yeah. thinks he's the hero of his own story, okay. and and I set him a set of objectives that run contrary to what our protagonist, main character, hero, uh, wants to have happen, and it kind of writes itself. Okay. Dan, any thoughts on this? I, I think that there is a line uh, you can cross where, uh, um, for example, a, a villain could be a, a heroic person to begin with, or one of the hero's friends who becomes villainous just because of a specific flaw they couldn't overcome. Uh, that in the end, he just couldn't, you know, give up pride, his, jealousy, yeah, his whatever. money exactly. Yeah. He he couldn't give that up, and that ends up making him into a villain at the last minute. Okay, uh, which is a great villainous archetype because it's one that you're kind of rooting for to overcome their problems, and and then they don't, and you hate it, but you love it at the same time. So by this definition, the hero is the person who overcomes their internal problems, and the villain is the one who succumbs to them. That's a very good definition. And so. Um, if you're weighing your flaws versus your, 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 your good attributes, I can't remember what that would mean. Um, a great example of what you're talking about was, again, David Farland's books. Um, I really love how he has a villain in his, his first book of the Rune Lords who um, you really are, he, he's got a noble purpose. He wants to essentially, um, he wants to conquer the entire world so that they'll be strong to fight off this evil force that's coming to try and destroy them. Mm -hmm. He figures somebody needs to be in charge, why not me? Um, at one point, he's confronted by one of the, um, the heroes um, who's kind of filling the wise old man role, the, the, the Gandalf figure, if you will, who says, here is your chance to be both good and a leader. Um, you have to decide. I, if you will not, you know, don't take this step that will drive you into evil and take the step toward working with people instead of against them, and you can do it. And you, in that moment, you actually believe that this guy could do it. Because his, his motives have been so pure, and he decides, no, I just have to be in control, and it's his flaw of wanting to be in control that keeps him from doing what would be right and, um, and, and pushes him over the edge to becoming the villain. Um, and he drives that series for, for the next few books just by that one moment. Um, I think it was excellently done. Um, but let's go. We've only got a few minutes left. Um, let's do one more question. Anti-heroes. All right. Can we cover anti-heroes in five minutes? What is an anti-hero? Dan? An anti-hero is someone who... A, a villain filling a heroic role. Okay. Let's say that. Uh, someone who, who doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of redeeming qualities. Uh, Thomas Covenant, maybe. Who, mm -hmm. um, the Punisher. Who, who uh, has a lot of flaws, succumbs to them all the time, and yet is called upon to do something heroic, to save some people, to save the world, to solve a problem and defeat a bigger villain, or simply a, another villain. Okay. Howard, um, why do we like reading about antiheroes? They're very popular in comics. Uh, they are. Um, the the anti-hero the anti-hero takes the flawed hero to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, he does things that we would never do. Um, he accomplishes things that we could never accomplish. Um, but he isn't a villain because of the way the story is cast. Mm -hmm. uh, for the anti-hero, the ends really did somehow justify the means. And 
every so often we like to we like to read a story about that. I'm I'm thinking about the Punisher mm-hmm. mostly here. What a horrible, horrible human being he is. Um, but yeah, those people needed killing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's it's maybe that the fact that the antihero is taking out people as bad or worse than him that makes it work. That, that possibly that there's a, a TV series now called Dexter about mm-hmm. a serial killer who essentially picks up picks through the the cracks. He gets the the villains that fall through the cracks that the police aren't able to find or aren't able to convict because of weird legal loopholes, and then he goes and murders them and hides their bodies somewhere uh, because he's a serial killer who's doing it for good. Mm-hmm. Um, which he's still a despicable person. He's not necessarily defeating villains who are worse than he is, but he's fascinating to follow. He is cast in this heroic role, kind of like Howard was talking uh, in our last podcast, simply because he's the main character, and that makes us identify with him, even mm-hmm. if we don't want to. It makes us um, view him as more of a hero than he otherwise would be. Okay. Well, let's do, let's do final words. Um, about villains. Anything else you want to add? I'll go ahead and start since I always point at these guys and make them do things. Um, I'll give final words by reiterating um, what Howard said, what I think might be the most important um, moment in this podcast was that the villains always think they are the heroes of their story. Um, and that comes down to motivations. We'll need to do some podcasts on motivations, but they, they have motivation. They know what they're doing. They, they know why they're doing it. Um, and they believe they're doing what's right. And those make the most interesting villains for me. Uh, Dan, final words? Um, I, I, one, one of the things that makes a very good villain is a villain who is very logical. And this is a problem that a lot of uh, authors, a lot of new authors especially, have. Their villain is bad just because they're bad. This goes back to motivations. But also, they follow specific logical steps through so that at the end of the book you can look back and say, yes, he was horrible, but, you know... It, it just progressed very logically from step to step, and I can see how he got where he is. Okay. Howard, final words. Um, yeah, since you stole mine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the uh, evil overlord list out on the Internet, we, you, you can't have a discussion of villains without at least giving a nod to that. You look at these things on this list, try and find ways to give your villain weaknesses, to give your villain motivations, that are not that don't make them tropes, an idiot. That don't make yeah, don't yeah. make him don't make him an idiot. That we didn't even get into that, not making your villain an idiot. But anyway. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. Join us next week. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.